You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Coming to you from Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where Atlanta United defeated Colorado one to nothing here on April 27th. It was for the Five Stripes, their first league win at home this season, and it moves them up to eighth in the table uh, as of right now with games on Sunday. Uh, the lone goal was scored by Julian Gressel in the 74th minute uh, with an assist from Darlington Nagby. It was his first league goal this season and Nagby's first assist in the league uh, this season. Um, and as always, I'm joined by Jason Longshore of 92.9 FM and SoccerDownHere.net. Uh, there's really not a whole lot of talking points from this one uh, because Colorado, as Frank DeBoer said, parked two buses, which I thought was pretty, pretty funny. It's a good line. Well, I was thinking more Jose Mourinho and parking the bus and Jose Mourinho's history with Frank DeBoer. I thought it was kind of funny that he brought out that line. Uh, to use, but it's accurate. I, I I can't remember which match it was last year. I think it was Montreal where I said that they parked the bus and slashed the tires. That, that's what it felt like tonight. And, I mean, we knew it coming in. We talked about it last week after the match that Colorado was going to come in and just put numbers behind the ball. They didn't at first, though. They did try to attack. And then when they minutes, were on defense, yeah. they would they would, you know, get back into their shell but then as the game went on, they really just kind of stopped trying to get forward. There, I mean, there's a couple things that go into it. So the very beginning, yeah, they, they took a couple chances, a couple forays going forward. But then they started to sit deeper. And Atlanta had more of the ball and started to force them to sit deeper because Atlanta kept pushing them backwards. And as the half went on, I mean, Colorado had a couple shots on goal in the first half. But as the half went on, generally they were reduced to playing long, hoping Kai Kamara could hold something up and getting a couple guys up to help. Yeah, they outshot Atlanta United in the first half, actually. Uh, two shots on goal to one right. uh, for Atlanta United. One of them was a pretty good shot, actually. Uh, Guzan made the save look comfortable. Yeah. Uh, but it was a good shot. Um, yeah, five shots on target. Right. Yeah, right. right. Two, two, one. Five, two overall. Um, so. The game keeps going. Atlanta United is, you know, starting to, to find some holes but still can't score. Shea puts a couple of good crosses across the front of the goal that nobody can get onto. And then DeBoer kind of rolls the dice and does a double sub uh, with Eric Rometty on for Shea and Hector Viaba on for the uh, ineffective uh, Pithy Martinez tonight. Um, his instructions to Nagby were, I want you to play on the left to support the left fullback if he needs it, but to stay inside of Hector Viaba. We want 
If, if they're going to create one-on-one chances for y'all, you've got to take advantage of them. Sure enough, three minutes later, Navy beats two guys, gets to the end line, crosses the near post, Gressel runs on. I think he hit it off the post and into the goal. Yeah, you're overloading that side of the field. And Colorado had, had made – or actually they had not made the substitution yet. Um, you're overloading the side of the field where their 16-year-old Sebastian Anderson is, is starting his first match in MLS. It's, it's a very strategic decision to – at that point and – the sub happened not like a few minutes before the goal, so we don't know how it would have played out. It was a 71st minute sub and 74th minute goal. Yeah. Um, I thought when the sub was made that uh, Lorenowitz was dropping into the back line, Leandro Gonzalez Perez was sliding over to nominally be a left back, but Nagby was pretty much on the whole left side. You overload the youngest player on the field. You create the opportunity. I don't know what it is. Every time that Darlington Nagby comes over and has a conversation with DeBoer in a match, he looks like a different player. Yep. And he created the turnover, drove into the 18, beat a player, puts in the cross, goal. It was what the team needed at that moment. Then immediately afterwards, and then this is, a, I think, an underrated part of the performance, is you've rolled the dice. You've made those substitutions. You have no semblance of shape at that point because you had to go for it. And Darlington Nagby plays left back for a little while to see you out and wait on what Anthony Hudson was going to do because he had one more substitution left. And they're going to go for it at this point because they've got nothing to lose. So what are they going to do? You wait it out. Benny Failhaber comes on. And then you bring in Michael Parkhurst. And you reorganize into a 4-4-1-1 type of shape. And you see the game out. I thought DeBoer got everything right in the second half. Yeah, I did too. As much criticism as he's received. and um, It was a nice tactical move. And it paid off. Um, it was the, the play made by Nagby was similar I, was it Monterey? Is that how they scored against Monterey? Was it Nabby got in the box and fed it to Joseph? Yeah, it was yeah. the, the one-two where Joseph came back and, right. and got on the ball yeah. outside of the 18, or outside of the, the final third, and they had the one-two. Nagby put him in. So the only other, I guess, talking point from this game uh, was Pitti. Uh, his first start uh, in a while, he went 60, 71, 60-something right. minutes. Yeah, he got, uh, got to 70. Tonight. Uh, but again, just he played... Kind of as a 10, uh, DeBoer kind of said he doesn't really have a 10 in his system, but he kind of was in it, um, and just really, again, just couldn't seem to make anything work. He, he was, as his time went on, I was actually a little surprised when the sub was made that it was pity. I felt like he was starting to make some things happen, um, but by that stage, you needed a different energy, and Tito Villalba brings you that different energy. Um, you had to have that at that stage. Uh, I was a little surprised because Gressel had been kind of drifting in and out of the game at, at points in the first half and early in the second, but he stepped up as, the, as it went on, and he stays on, he gets the goal, and sometimes it's moments like that. I mean, it's you pull out Pitti Martinez, he's angry, and he should be. Not that it was a bad substitution and that he wants to play and he wants to finish games. He wants to play better. He didn't. He gets pulled. I'd rather have him do that than not care. So he's upset. Okay. Nagby, you're, you're giving him the license to go find this match. Go find us a goal, Darlington. Go do this. And he did. And Gressel makes a, a selfless run across the 18 to get to the near post, and it's, it's a toe poke. Yeah. You know? I mean, but that's what it is sometimes. That's what the game gives you. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm beginning to wonder if the sample size is big enough with pity 
just wondering about the effectiveness of the offense as it's currently run. Um, it just seems to get really static. Tonight is hard to tell because Colorado was so defensive for most of the, the half of the, the last half of the first half and the rest of the game. Um, it's just hard to tell. I just can't figure out how he fits in within Atlanta United's formation and with the personnel. My feeling is I like when Ezekiel Barco is getting the bulk of the touches in the final third. That, mm-hmm. That's where I feel like the team is its best. Um, he can do that from a wide position. He can do that centrally. The, the positioning is not the thing. It's who is the player you're playing through. I think there is a, a bit of a, a challenge here because you're likely going to miss Ezekiel Barco to the U-20 World Cup, and that could start think possibly even after next week's match right um depending on when everything happens and when argentina's camp opens up you're gonna have to get somebody else going in that role and if it's not pity and based off tonight i would say no i don't want i'd rather have him with 40 touches as opposed to 80 i i think it's nagby yeah i think it's nagby i think that's who DeBoer trusts the most yeah and whether that's wide or not personally i think it would be better for pity to be out wide yeah, see, that, that's the issue I have is I don't like Barco or Pitti out wide because neither of them have the 30-yard the speed to, to beat a defender and get across him. Um, now, when I feel like you get – you got Escobar back today. And he's rusty, but you, you got what you want out of Escobar. He's bombing forward. He's making things happen. He's overloading. Okay, cool. If you can get Bello, you have that on the left side. Then you don't need that left winger to be that guy. That left winger can be somebody who tucks in a little bit more and combines and plays. Breck Shea's not the guy to bomb forward as much. He wants to play, wants to combine. So it's a little awkward. I think Pitti, though, out wide where you're not asking him to do everything, you're not asking him to be the conductor, is better for him. It frees him up a little bit and takes some pressure off. You want to get him going, but you don't want to do it at the expense of the overall performance. It's a tough balance. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, this was only a one to nothing game, and <laughs> I'm out of talking points. Um, so we're going to wrap this up. Atlanta United will next play at Sporting KC uh, next Sunday uh, in uh, Children's Mercy Park. And at the recording time, they're losing 3-1 at halftime to New England. New England of all teams, uh, which does not score goals. Uh, so KC is going through a really rough patch from Monterey to just really getting rolled, I thought, by San Jose mm-hmm. to now getting rolled by New England. Um, I don't know how New England rolls anybody. I'm really curious to see Monday or Tuesday if uh, Colorado's manager, uh, Hudson, uh, is going to remain in his position. Uh, I was surprised he did after last season. Um I don't know what you have in-house for a a short-term replacement, and I don't know what Colorado's means are to go replace him in the the summer where you might have some possibilities. Um, There was a a rumor out of Colorado that last year they didn't want to replace him because Pablo Mastorini's salary was still on the books Mm. when he was let go. Um, that might be off the books now, according to some folks out in Denver. So maybe you've got a little more financial freedom to go do something. I, I don't. I think there's bigger issues in Colorado than the manager right now. I just don't think they have a good squad. Yeah. I, I think he's handcuffed in a lot of ways. 
Jason, tell everyone what you've got going on this week, please. We have overreaction Monday on uh, Soccer Down here on Monday morning. The, the reactions have been really interesting, so I'm very curious to see what they're like on Monday morning when we get to that point. Uh, you can listen on the Soccer Down Here app. You can get it on Android or iOS. Uh, you can also listen on SoccerDownHere.net or on the Spreaker platform. And then on Wednesday, we have stoppage time over at the 92.9 The Game Studios with myself, with Mike Conti, with Jimmy Vance, and we'll be talking about Colorado. We'll also be looking ahead to Kansas City and really wondering what's going on with the former Wizards. There we go. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, the game story has been posted. The player ratings have been posted. Um, I'm probably going to have something on Pithy uh, tomorrow uh, for you to read. And anyway, I hope you all have a good weekend. And Atlanta United, one to nothing winners against Colorado Rapids. Uh, the five stripes are now 2-3-2 uh, two, and two, uh, in Major League Soccer. Um, up to eighth in the East, four points out of the seventh and final playoff spot in the East. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.